broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Chattanooga, Tennessee, it's time for Chattanooga Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Good morning, everyone. This is Ira Weiss. I'm hosting this morning's session on Business Radio X from Chattanooga, Tennessee. I am pleased to have two wonderful guests this morning. Jane Kaler, who's president and CEO of Ronald McDonald House. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. We also have Elaine Merritt, who's vice president of Sandler Training here in Chattanooga. How are you doing, Elaine? Good. Thank you for having me this morning, Ira. We're glad to have you here as well. Uh, what I wanted to do was start out with Jane and talk a little bit about uh, Ronald McDonald House and specifically how it impacts the community. A lot of people may not know the impact you make in the community, especially here in Chattanooga. You know, certainly we've been around for 25 years. We just celebrated our 25th anniversary last November. We are a home away from home for families of critically ill children. Uh, when you have a sick child and are coming from at least 15 miles away uh, from a children's hospital, uh, many times those families are families of intensive care patients. That's the majority of who we serve. Families need a place to to sleep, eat, recharge, and to uh, be together as a family. This is probably the worst experience of their adult lives as parents, and uh, we can just help make it a little bit better by providing them a place to stay and food to eat and a place to shower and just all the support of other families and our staff that's going through the same circumstances. And how can we in the, in the community, how can we help you? You know, we, we, use a, we have a big... Uh, volunteer base. We have our facility that is the Ronald McDonald House. And then we have our family room that's inside children's hospitals. The front desk of both of those facilities are run by volunteers. We always need volunteers. We provide an evening meal every night in our Adopt-A-Meal program, and we need volunteers for that. Our house needs everything your house needs, paper goods, uh, food, all those kind of things that help a house run. How many families do you serve uh, each year here? We serve between 550 and 600 families a year. Families stay an average of 16 days, and we have 26 guest rooms in our house. Wow, that is incredible. Let me, let me ask you this question, um, and I'm curious myself. What is the relationship with McDonald's Corporation and the restaurants and how they help raise money for Ron McDonald House, and how does that partnership work? Certainly, the McDonald's Corporation got involved with the very first house in Philadelphia, when the Philadelphia Eagles general manager asked their, the McDonald's ad agency if they would join them in a, in a fundraising promotion, and that's how they got connected. But if McDonald's Corporation uh, bears the cost of running our global organization. They pay the staff and provide them office space and provide them everything they need to run. So we don't have to raise any money in Chattanooga to send it to Oak Brook, where our headquarters are. McDonald's pays for all of that. And then there's 53 restaurants in our local McDonald's advertising cooperative area. Uh, it's about a 60-mile radius around Chattanooga that, where all those restaurants are. And they do fundraising efforts for us. They have a donation box on their front counters and in their drive through uh, that effort alone raises about $150,000 a year for us. And then they do some special promotions. Right now they're selling $1 flags in every McDonald's restaurant, and all of that money comes to go to our scholarship program. Uh, they also have marketing partnerships with folks like Rock City and Lake Winnipesoka and the Chattanooga Times Free Press. Altogether, that McDonald's partnership locally raises about $360,000 a year for us, which is about 18% of our budget. That's fantastic. 
and and they're great. Their their owner operators are involved with our organization as board members and committee members, and they're just a, every nonprofit would love to have a mission partner like McDonald's, and we're just lucky that it's us. Talk a little bit about your board also, because how important is a board in not only developing a nonprofit organization, but continuing the strategic planning and the outcomes that it serves back to the public? You know, nonprofits are required to be run by boards, and it is it is a uh, just so important to the life of the organization to have not only dedicated people, but new people every year. It is industry standard to for board members to serve a three or a six year term and then rotate off, and uh, that's a Better Business Bureau uh, requirement to be part of the Better Business Bureau, and we certainly comply with that. And it helps to get new people involved. But what we like to say at Raw McDonald House is once we once we get them, we keep them, That's and great. we keep them involved in so many ways. We have about five different operating committees. And we probably have one of the larger boards in Chattanooga and and across our RMHC system too. Uh, but we have we we want good vibrant committees because those vibrant committees bring a lot of different perspective. Committee members bring a lot of different perspectives and help us to have good conversation and strategic conversations about the future of our organization and, and examine how we operate. And I think it's just so important that we have good people involved in all the boards. Well, I'm sure training and development uh, is always an important part. I'm going to turn to Elaine here and ask her, you know, a lot of people want to know what Sandler training does. Wow. So 30,000 foot overview. How's that? That's perfect. So typically what we do is we work with people that, you know, they're just frustrated, aggravated that maybe their pipelines dry up. They hear, I want to think it over. They feel like they're just giving out free consulting all the time. So what we do is we help business people. I'm just so enthralled listening to Jane talk about um, the Ronald McDonald House. But So what we do is we help people bridge that gap from how do I stop being treated poorly as a salesperson and gain my self-respect back. And so to do that, we got to be di- treated differently. We got to act differently. And so what we do is we train people and work with people to develop that skill set so that they become equal business advisors instead of a subservient salesperson. Give us an example of a typical client for Sandler Training. You know, how large of a company are you focused on? Okay, so typically we work with you know companies that have a salesperson. So for me, it's the easiest way to say it is if, if a company has a vehicle and it has their logo on it, that's probably a good prospect for us or a good client for us because they've got salespeople who are out there. However, we work with the top 25 you know, Fortune 25, all the way to a single entrepreneur. I mean, one of our um, one of our clients was the Coffee News, which is you know a lady out there selling advertising in a little brown newspaper every week. So somebody as small as a single entrepreneur, all the way up to a major corporation. So we represent a wide variety. So it's really hard to pinpoint and say this is the specific person that we work with. I think that's excellent to know because. The entrepreneurship programs here in, in the Innovation District in downtown Chattanooga, I think that's important for solopreneurs to know that they have somewhere where they can up their skill set that they didn't know was otherwise available to them. Um, so I, I think spreading the word for those entrepreneurs is critical. 
Absolutely. And, you know, quite honestly, I was pretty neglectful to think about that single entrepreneur until I had that conversation. And it just really kind of opened my eyes to go, you know, everyone has problems within their business. And typically in any size business, whether it's a small entrepreneur or a large Fortune 25 company, the one thing that fixes almost every problem in a business is revenue and business development. And that seems to be the part that you know, we have all these systems in place for everything else. Like even like to come on the radio show today, there was a system in place. There was an invite and then there was a follow-up and then you scheduled your time. And so we have, no matter what kind of company we have, there's processes in place to make it, make it work. But then when it comes to business development or sales, we just go out there and well, they were nice to me and they answered the phone. They let me in the door. They're a prospect. Yeah. And we have no way of knowing if they're truly a qualified person to do business with us. And so that's what we teach is how to quickly qualify or disqualify. And just like, you know, whether we're, whatever it is that we're selling, whatever that process is, that there's a process to take somebody from suspect to prospect, prospect to client, client to a raving fan. That's fantastic. So, so in other words, you fit into uh, the existing process and you have to overlap or underlap where necessary to provide that service. I never thought of it that way, Ira, but yes, that's exactly what we do yeah. is we, we develop a system for you to get the business because you've already got a system for what to do when you have the business. Well, I understand that you've done work with Ronald McDonald House in the past, and those are the types of things we see a lot of uh, connections in the business community. Uh, could you talk a little bit, uh, please, Jane, about how you fit into the business community? Sure. You know, Sandler helped us and worked with our board to... Uh, maybe think about our sales pitch. You know, we, we, we think we have a wonderful service and our modus operandi was to go in and tell everybody about what we do when we meet a new prospect donor to us, our company. And they, they taught us to reverse the process, to go in and talk to that company about what they do, what their philosophy is about corporate responsibility and how to decide whether we're a good fit for them and to be bold about asking them whether we are because we're not everybody's favorite charity. Every company, every individual has a cause that they're probably drawn to more than the other. But they were very helpful with our board. Now, it was a hard concept for some of our board members who've been there a while to think, okay, we ought to, everybody ought to just love us. But it was a pretty eye-opening, and it really taught our staff to look at things in a different way. Let me ask you a question. Uh, with the new Children's Hospital, how will that impact Ronald McDonald House? Well, certainly they are planning some expansion in their neonatal intensive care unit. Uh, our family room right now sits in the old child, the, the, the part of the hospital that is now currently the Children's Hospital. It will no longer be, it will be the stroke center once the new hospital's built. So that re will require us to move our Ronald McDonald family room. So we are planning to double the size of our family room and to add four sleeping rooms, which will help us with our waiting list and our overflow. So we are working with them to make plans for that. So we're excited about all of their plans and working very closely with them uh, for the main campus and also some of their expansion out at the East Campus. How can our listeners help you in your mission? As I said before, we always need volunteers. We have a wonderful wish list on our website all the time that tells you what the house needs at this point. 
uh, you know, donations are important. We have, we're still working on the, the last part of a wonderful matching gift. We had a family and a local foundation to offer us a 75000 matching gift for our Mary's Pantry Fund. That is our food fund at the Ronald McDonald House. And we're at $60,000. So if, if you give a dollar, it turns out to be $2. And so that's one of the things that right now that we're working on. We, we always need money. We always need things for the house. And we always need volunteers. I understand you give uh, away scholarships also to the community. You want to talk a little bit about those scholarship programs? I, I would love to because it's one of our favorite uh, parts of our mission. Uh, in 2002, our global organization opened up the scholarship program participation and provides matching, some matching funds. And so we came back to our owner operators at McDonald's and said, we believe we'd be remiss if we didn't take advantage of this opportunity to invest in the young people in our community. And so they started raising money for it. They ended up giving a portion of their sales to endow this program. And so every year we give away about $50,000 in scholarships. This year it was $2,000 scholarships to rising college freshmen. And we have a, a committee of about 60 folks who read the applications and rate them and participate in our interview process. And the, the best part about it is the interview process because we actually get to put a face with the, the application we've read. And we hear some pretty heartfelt uh, stories of some of the challenges that some of our young people have overcome to uh, you know, be the valedictorian of their class and to have wonderful aspirations to go on to college and anything we can do to help that. The very first year I was walking a young Hispanic man out and he said, you know, we have a goal in our family to go from a generation where no one graduated from high school to a generation where everyone graduates from college. And I thought if we're doing anything to help that, we're on the right track. That young man is in law school is just about to graduate from law Super. school, has done so really So you're making well. an impact on their life. We are making some, uh, impact. It, positive, it, positive impact. Positive impact, and it may just be that first year where we're, where they know we believe in them, and they know they can do it, and that from that point, they're off and going. Super. Well, thank you, Jane, for that uh, valuable insight to what you do. Thank you. Uh, we're here with Jane Kaler, the president and CEO of Ronald McDonald House here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and also with Elaine Merritt, vice president of Sandler Training. Uh, along those lines on, on development in partnerships uh, back to the community, talk about how you help people and businesses to help you know, get them on track, keep them on track, and the impact it has on their bottom line. And obviously, referral business is huge for Sandler Training, those success stories. I visited your site, and I've seen and heard some of the testimonials. Talk about how important that is for the growth of a business. Okay. Well, as Jane mentioned, one of the things that we helped with Ronald McDonald House isn't just exclusive to Ronald McDonald House. That's what we teach you know, everybody that we work with in Sandler Training, and that is how do I have that conversation with somebody about what I do without going in there and just throwing out all, well, we call it show up and throw up. I'm sorry if anybody just ate breakfast, but that's what we call it. You just you show up and, again, oh, they were nice to me. They let me in the door. I'm going to talk to them, and then we just unload everything that we do, and then they just kind of back up from us. So... As Jane mentioned, we take it from a different approach to fi figure out, are we even a good fit? Should we even be having a conversation? What are some, finding out what are some of the struggles or the issues, the problems, the concerns that they are facing? And is that something that our company or any other company is good at, at working with? And so we have them 
go at it from a different approach. Not why somebody should do business with me, but why did other people do business with you? So taking it all from third party stories. And right. so that's what we that's what we teach. And so how that has an impact on the bottom line is it saves a lot of time because when you start having that conversation with somebody and you share with them what you've done to help others with, and if that company is not facing any of those types of problems, well, they're disqualified. They're not qualified to be your your client. And right. so you just move on. And that and so many times we just don't have the guts to go, you know what? We're probably not a good fit. Well, I know with, especially with entrepreneurs, it's difficult. You know, they develop a great product. They've got it ready to go. They've got a website. But when it comes down to actually selling the product, the value in the marketplace, getting getting some sales in, in place. And the second part of that is, you know, companies not only on the solopreneur or young uh, team approach, but when they scale, things change along those lines very quickly. And a lot of entrepreneurs are able to pivot. A lot of them are not. So how does Sandler Training uh, talk a little bit about how it's not just one training class that you have a, a, a set of training protocols and, and training classes in place that people can learn on an ongoing basis, not just a one-time shot. Sure. So the basis of Sandler training is really rooted in human relationships and communication. And when David Sandler started our company over 40 years ago, he realized that the majority of us all think we're great at bonding and rapport because we can walk into a room and we see that they've got this beautiful sailfish on the wall. And we're like, oh my gosh, is that your sailfish? And then you talk about fishing, but you never talk about the real problem. So that's the basis of, of it is how do we start that communication? And so from there, he wrote a book called You Can't Teach a Kid to Ride a Bike at a Seminar, meaning you got to fall off, get up, get on it again, skin your knees up and before you actually learn how to ride the bike. And so that's how we train is we teach in small increments of information and then we reinforce it to make sure that you understood it before we go on to the next step. Because if you do, you know, a one day seminar, a two hour seminar, and you just get fire hosed with a bunch of information, it's not gonna, you're not gonna, it's not gonna stick because you get back to work and life happens and that information goes on a shelf and we just are there. And so we just teach in little bits of information because again, to be treated differently, we got to act differently. And to act differently, we got to have new information and we've got to use the information. Let me ask you, what are the top two? This is kind of from a personal side. I'm curious about what the top two pitfalls are that you see consistently with uh, your training program when uh, business owners come in and, and want to find out more um, about your programs. You know, are there common traits that you see throughout business that could be fixed quickly? There's no silver bullet because the problem didn't happen quickly, so it's not gonna go away quickly. But the probably the two common things that we see is, A, I don't have enough qualified prospects, and then the second one is, not only do I not have enough qualified prospects, I don't have any prospects. So what we tend to see is what we call is activity. There's just not enough business activity going on or behavior so that we can have that business. So. It's it really bottom the bottom line is is finding qualified prospects. Why would someone engage with um, additional training outside their industry specific? I guess I guess there's a lot of opportunities in the training area, but a lot of companies uh, don't know how to pivot when it comes to training development of their their employees. Uh, what insight do you have in that area? Well, and you know what, I I really appreciate you asking me that question because I've been working with this particular business 
And it came down to, you know what, Elaine, we really appreciate everything you've presented to us, but we're going to stick with our industry-specific training. And so my question was, you know, first of all, A, kudos to you, super glad that you're going to, you know, have additional training. But one of the things that you said to me was you feel like you're treated like a commodity and they treat everybody in your industry the same way. If you're getting industry-specific training, how are you going to stand out from your competition who's also in that same industry? So that's what Sandler Training does is, again, we're, you're not going to be just like everybody else selling cars or insurance or financial services because, you know, there's a lot of those people doing that in our community. So how do I stand out? How do I be different? Well, you, again, you do something different. Right. Do you have any new exciting uh, programs coming out of Sandler that you want everyone to know about? I'm about to jump out of my skin that you asked me that. Yes. So a new program that we have coming up in July is called the Law of Attraction. And it's a four-week course. And the Law of Attraction is that universal law. Basically, you know, we've heard all of our lives. We can have anything we want. We just have to put our mind to it. The unfortunate thing is most people don't know what they want. So how can we have something if we don't know what it is that we want? And so during this class, we're going to uncover what, what is it I truly want and how can I go about to get it? You know, because, you know, you can't make a dream come true if you don't have a dream. Yeah, and you have to know how to ask for it too. And, right. And, and, and progress towards that goal. And as little bitty kids, we all had that dream of growing up to be something. You know, boys wanted to be firemen or policemen or the president or whatever. And somewhere along the way, some of them became those things. But there were people along the way that gave them self-limiting beliefs or doubts to say, you know what, you, we don't do that in our family. So, so why not? It's, it's helping them with their personal growth, not just their professional growth. Absolutely. And that's important, I think. The balance of life and, and business is something that's hard to attain. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad you're coming up with a program that will help them along those paths. Yes. Uh, Jane, is there anything in the Ronald McDonald house? Uh, spectrum that you're going to be coming out with new programs and you know the one thing we haven't talked about Ira is our Ronald McDonald Care Mobile it's kind of the third core program of Ronald McDonald House Charities and we we are the first Care Mobile in our 50 fleet of Care Mobiles worldwide to implement telemedicine with that program uh, we now have 19 schools in Bradley and Polk County uh, connected to our Ronald McDonald Care Mobile nurse practitioner on the mobile unit uh, with telemedicine. So a sick child can go to the school nurse in the school nurse's office and through the wonders of technology can hook up to our nurse practitioner. The school nurse has an otoscope that here that sees eyes, ears, nose, and throat that has a camera on it. And she can do the exam in the nurses, school nurse's office and our nurse practitioner sees it on the care mobile. And then they both have Bluetooth Uh, stethoscopes to hear heart and lungs and our nurse practitioner can diagnose whatever's wrong with that child and send call the parents send a prescription to the drugstore if it's needed give instructions to the family and so that is helping to sustain the program but it's connecting so many kids there's 10,000 students just in the Bradley County school system alone and it's it's helping to uh, provide a remove all the barriers to health care there's a lot of barriers for families in the in the Cleveland community. A lot of it is the parents can't get off from work because they work on an assembly line. 
to take the child to the doctor. And so they use the school nurse as their primary care physician. And this is just giving them an extra level of care. And we're so excited about that program. That's fantastic. All the opportunities and the barriers it's removing for families to oh, get hope, good health care for their kids. I hope that program is successful very quickly. I, I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, we're, we're very proud of it and very proud of all the folks that work with it. It is a partnership with Children's Hospital and then Tenova Healthcare in Cleveland. Uh, it's two, two comp- competing hospitals, three competing school systems, and, and we're Ron McDonald House is kind of the glue that keeps us all together. We're the collaborator with all of those. Right. If our listeners want to get in touch with Ronald McDonald House or to you, uh, how would they do so? Our website is rmhchattanooga.com. Uh, we, our office is open every day of the year, 9 to 9. Uh, certainly can give us a call at 423-778-4300. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. love to be a, have you be a part of our organization. Thank you. Elaine, if people want to get a hold of you and Sandler Training, how would they do so? They can go to our website as well, nosley.sandler.com. Or Could you spell Nosley? <laughs> I know how to spell Nosley. But I'm sorry, N-A-U-S-L-E-Y dot Sandler, S-A-N-D-L-E-R dot com. Ladies, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. Is there any last thoughts that uh, you have? No, we just thank you for allowing us to share Ronald McDonald House mission and our partnership with Sandler and to maybe reach an, an audience that might not know about our organization. Elaine? Thank you very much. And I feel honored to sit beside Jane knowing all the great things that are going on with the Ronald McDonald House. I'm humbled. So thank you, Jane, for sharing. We're glad to have you both on. Thank you again.